Can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? (laughs) Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. I'm Victoria. And we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. All right, y'all, it is time for your a weekly recap. Um, Victoria, do you want to start with our leading um, topic? Yes, so this came out today, and it made me LOL. So <laughs> Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been named Times People of the Year. And I really, I looked at it from a nonpartisan perspective, and I'm still like, WTF. Like, no, seriously. Like they've the, done nothing. The only <laughs> thing they've done this year was win an election and beat Trump. That's yeah. literally their whole year is about campaigning. Now, if it was the twenty twenty one Times People of the Year, like if this was next year, I would totally understand it. Like, because let's be real, the media is going to say, "Oh, they cured coronavirus. Mm-hmm. They brought the economy back." We're saved with God bless America. And I would totally get it if they're the 2021 people, guys, people of the year. I would understand that. However, the only thing either of them have done all year is campaign. Their policies were not implemented. Nope. Um, It's just campaign. Like, I, I would understand... If the person was like the frontline workers, Dr. Fauci, even a Black Lives Matter person, I would understand that. Would I necessarily agree with all of them? No, but I would understand why because they it has been a big deal this year, like pandemic and the yeah. riots. Like those have all been big deals, but. I personally do not think Joe Biden and Kamala Harris deserve Times People of the Year. I would have probably given it to, honestly, Dr. Fauci and the frontline workers. I feel like they deserve it so much more. They put in all this hard work, essentially trying to understand a virus that came out of nowhere. Yeah, I would have given it to any of those doctors or, you know, I would have given it to a doctor or someone who worked at a grocery store or even small businesses. Oh, what would have been nice is if they had been able to get um, a bunch of small businesses that were going under and feature them in the whole magazine so then people can look to see um, what small business in their area is going under to support. That would have been so, that would have made so much more sense. That would have been so much more meaningful, so much more impactful than literally two people who just aren't Trump. Like the only reason why they won is they aren't Trump. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, he beat Trump. That is why he won. And I like skimmed through the article too, and it did not give me one reason why they won. And all they did was talk about the election and talked about this year. But I just, I just don't, I just 
don't understand. I think there's a lot more deserving people 100%. that should have won this year. Yeah, there's, and it's a complete, you know, I try to very much be nuanced in things. I do my best to not be one of those, like, crazy tinfoil hat. I love a good conspiracy. I do. And I try, when I'm in a professional setting, like, technically this, I guess I would consider a professional setting, I try not to be too tinfoil hatty, but, like, I think that's just a good example of, like, media bias because yeah. it, it makes no sense how, like, I just, it's not even, they've done nothing. Like, I think that's the biggest thing that's bothering me is, like, they've done nothing this year. They haven't, they didn't start a charity. They didn't um, have any policies. They've literally done nothing, and then they won. And it's, yeah. like, that is the definition, I think, of media bias, and it's, I mean, it's, blatant and in our face (laughs) even and they were talking about how like because of joe and kamala more people came out to vote and getting people out to vote but if you really look at it that was more like stacy abrams and her whole mission of we need to get more people out to vote like i would even understand stacy abrams a little bit being like if you really want to go down that route i would totally understand stacy abrams being nominated or winning Times person of the year that would have made sense to me yeah how do they pick the times person is it a survey i think so i feel like i because i feel like i thought i tried voting yeah i now that i think about it i thought i saw a tweet going around vote and like i don't know i don't i don't know twitter voting to me doesn't that means nothing like (laughs) i don't ever participate in those so i didn't think anything of it and then you know, they announced a Times person. I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> I, I guess I could have made a difference. Or probably not, because there were well, probably so many people voting for Biden and Harris yeah, for no I, reason. Yeah, I tried voting, and then it was like, you need to make an account, and I had tried doing it through Instagram, and it was just too much of a hassle. Like, it wasn't yeah. letting me, like, go from one platform to another. And so, and I think I remember, like, Dr. Fauci, frontline workers, like, all those people were on it. But it's just very, I don't know. I just don't get what they did this year to deserve it. Yeah. I mean, this whole COVID-19 thing, coronavirus, however you want to say it, it has changed so much of this year. And, you know, that's not like a super deep statement. It's just something that's the truth. Like, things have I mean, I really hope it's not irreversible, but there's just been a lot of things that have changed that would have never, like, I don't think we would have ever imagined we where we are today last year. Like, I, I saw a post, it was like, oh, post a picture of you a year ago from now. And I was like, looking back a year ago, like, I just can't imagine all the things going on. So for example, like um, CPAC, which leads us to our next topic. Ooh, that was a good transition. Um, so CPAC, um, which is normally in Washington, D.C., which, side note, is really crazy because last year at CPAC, someone tested positive. So um, I was headed, I was getting off the plane from um, 
going home for spring break and I was supposed to only go for like three days. I was, supposed, I was only supposed to be in Charlotte for three days. And my boss calls me and is like, hey, were you at that CPAC thing? I was like, yeah, sure was. It was great. She's like, oh, okay, cool. Someone tested positive and they don't want you to come back on campus. Um, So I don't think you should come back on campus for the rest of the week. Oh I was like, God. wait, what? Yeah. So like she told me not to come back on campus for the rest of the week um, because I was at the event. And then so that week was spring break. So it worked out. But I was supposed to be home for three days cause I, and I wanted to work. So in my head, I was like, how do I ask her? Like, are you guys going to comp me for the hours I couldn't work? But I ended up not asking her. So then um, at the end of that week at school, we got an email that Saturday saying, oh, and by the way, you guys need to be out by um, Friday. Were you staying in a dorm or apartment? And I was in an apartment, but it was a school apartment. So, like, I was, I worked for the school, too. And I had housing through the school. But it was, like, oh, such a nice apartment. It was a three-bedroom apartment. And for the first year, I had it all by myself. Oh, God, it was wonderful. I was living the life. <laughs> and then I had to go. Like, they were like, yeah, get out. Pack up and leave. And then my three-day stay has turned into eight months but anyway all that to say um so CPAC is normally in DC and now they have changed um CPAC is going to be now in Florida which is um honestly I think it's simply because there are no restrictions in Florida Mm. and I think it just makes more sense because you know it's an event that needs to happen it's something it's an important conference and you know um people who are sick People who don't feel comfortable just won't show up. And those who feel comfortable will show up. And they will go and do the things that they need to do. And I'm sure things like social distancing will happen that needs to happen and whatnot. So I think it's something that needs to be done. I I really like that they're moving into Florida. I think it just shows that, like, people are just tired. And, like, if um, Florida, Florida's about to, I feel like they're about to get a lot of a lot of business because it's the only state florida it's like florida north dakota anywhere else really that's like not being crazy i don't think even texas has gone kind of crazy on their um state being closed yeah so it's gonna be mainly florida and i I'm sure anybody listening to North Dakota, I don't mean in Soldier State, but it's really cold. So I don't know too many people that are going <laughs> to, I think more people are probably going to do business in Florida, but you know, maybe North Dakota too, but yeah. And then in uh, North Carolina, bless uh, his heart, Governor we, Cooper Cooper, bless his heart. We have a rule now that- It's uh, a curfew. A curfew. You're right. It's not even a rule. It's a curfew. Like we're in the tenth grade, um, not even the tenth grade. Like we're in middle school. We have a curfew. It's ten and o'clock. Ten o'clock. Yep. Ten o'clock. Can't be out from ten to five. Everything shut down. And here's something funny. In Guilford County, our county commissioners just flipped to blue. And literally the night of like their installation, they made a, a rule where if you're not um like wearing a mask and being like going by the covid guidelines you can get fined and put in jail oh really yes okay ridiculous that's crazy and the thing is the only reason why these commissioners were elected is because they only campaigned on education and now look at these crazy progressive things 
they're implementing. Wow. I get, and like, I just don't understand. He has never explained what is supposed to happen between like 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. That like, is the coronavirus like active? Like, what happened that they would need to close things down? And at first I was like, oh, maybe they're asking businesses to clean. But no, they're not even asking them to clean. They're saying you need to leave your business as well by 10 p.m. See, that would so be it, logical. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I mean, what did you do after 10? I mean, for me, it was the only time I was re- – like, the only time I'm ever out really after 10 is back in the day when we could go dancing in the club. Yeah. Yeah. And like, those I'm trying to... aren't even open right now. Yeah. We would – I would be out – Um. Like, if I wasn't, like, at, you know, a fun dance place, I was probably at someone's house, literally just chilling. Like, I, and it's, and it, but, yeah, and the other thing about it, too, I remember there were a couple of nights where we were just, like, at my, so, like I said, like, I didn't have a roommate for a year, so, like, my place was, like, oh, everybody, let's just meet at Miles, and then we'll figure it out from there. So, there were a couple of nights where, like, everybody was, like, just chilling, and then, like, it'd be, like, eleven. During the weekends, of course, you know, studying during the week, during the weekend, um, and it'll just be like eleven. Oh, you know, I kind of feel like going to cookout, or hey, you want to like grab like cookie dough? Maybe we can make some cookies, but like you can't do that now. And those are super innocent things. Like it's not like it's going to be that big of a deal, but like that's the type of things we would do after ten, and like you can't even go into like Walmart for like. Aren't they claiming like the huge super spreaders? It's what church Sunday morning, um, a Trump event, <laughs> but not the uh riots. Riots not are not riots. super spreaders. No, yeah, not. but it's like stuff that happens <laughs> before ten. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a very good point too. Like everything, they're like the super spreaders that they claim is before ten, like nursing homes prisons like those are where majority of our cases are yes it wasn't a north carolina prison just recently that like um it was like 70 something of the inmates tested positive i don't know about that stat but i mean in north carolina majority of our cases i think it's a good good amount of our cases definitely our majority are in prisons and nursing homes and you know people don't know that People just hear, because on the news, I've, like, I watch the news almost, da- like, local news um, almost daily, and I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that it's in the prisons and in the nursing homes. People don't know that, because they're, all they're doing is just saying the numbers to scare people. Like, it's all a part of, like, a fear um, mongering thing. Like, they just want you to be afraid of what's going on outside for, you know, I think it's nefarious reasons. We, I yeah. don't think we know just yet, but like all they want to do is get you afraid. So they're just telling you these big, large numbers to scare you. And I'm a statistics major. And look, you don't look at the total. Like, I don't look at, like, if I'm a business, I'm not looking at, oh my God, look at much I've made this whole lifetime of my business. It's millions of dollars. No, you look at, like, your margins. That's what shows your success. Like, what's my profit margin? Are we doing better than we did last year? 
that's how we need to be analyzing these numbers. Are we doing better than we did yesterday? Are we yeah. doing better than we did last month? Are we are our margins increasing? If so, that's not good. Looking at it from okay, like we are testing more. In in theory, that means we should have more cases. Well, is it yes. the same percentage, <laughs> like the margins? Like we're not looking at it from an analytical standpoint. We're looking at no. it from a fear mongering number standpoint. Like, look, if you do total of everything, it's gonna be scary. It's yeah. not gonna look good. But it's not giving you really a picture at all. If you do it based on the margins, that's gonna give you a picture of where yeah. we actually are. And they are announcing that. And I just to your point, I really like what you said, like if you're testing more, then yes, there's going to be more positive cases. And I think that people, like, it's so, like, duh, but I don't think people think about that. Like, uh, during Thanksgiving, there was, um like, right before Thanksgiving break, they're like, oh, there's a huge spike. Well, that's because kids have to test before they go home. Or kids yeah. are testing when they get back. Like, that's why. It's not like it's, uh, it's not like something big happened. I mean, I'm sure something big, like, people spend time with their families because, you know, there's no reason to live yeah. in fear. But, like, that's what it is. And also, too, what I really don't like is how they go, this amount of number tests positive, but they don't talk about people who are asymptomatic. Yes. Because and when you like, hear they tested positive, you're thinking, oh, my God, they're going to die. Because they just talk about death so much. So yeah. you're like, oh, God, these 60,000 people are going to die. And it's like, no, more than half of them didn't even want to get the test. And, you know, only one like 16th of them even are feeling mild mild symptoms <laughs> i mean my whole thing with the flu if you're around someone with the flu you're not going to go get tested because you're around someone with the flu even if you're asymptomatic like asymptomatic just means your body is doing what they're supposed to what it's supposed to be doing fighting off the disease when you're showing symptoms, that means your body's not fighting it off. It's just taking a little bit longer to fight it off. Huh. Okay. That's a very good point, too. Like, like, <laughs> asymptomatic means your immune system's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. That's a very good point. And once again, that's just not something that people bring up when they bring up these lockdowns. And these yeah. lockdowns, I mean... um, you know, not to belabor the point, but there's a lot of, I mean, suicide rates have gone up. Mm -hmm. I mean, being locked down is hard. It, yeah. Especially if you're an extrovert. Like, some personalities, like, I have friends who are like, this is my dream. I don't, I can, maybe if I want to attend a Zoom party, that's my dream. People like me, like, I need to be around people. Like, it, at the very, very beginning in North Carolina, when, like, nothing was open, and, like, you had to have, like, a car or, like, a little paper to say that you were an essential worker to go out if, like, somebody pulled you over, like, that was hard, and, you know, thank God for Jesus and, like, my relationship with God, but there's some people who, um, who just don't have that, there's some people who even have that and just have other struggles that are, it's, and I mean, people are losing their jobs, it, it's just, it's been, a lot I mean a lot of older people I think it was um I think I was listening to Ali Sucky's podcast and she said that like um there's people um there's older people who only get 30 minutes um of human contact or 30 minutes of talking to someone other than like their nurses in nursing homes um 
a week. And now yeah, that thirty that. minutes was taken away. Yeah, that's really sad. And now that thirty minutes is taken away, and like people are, you know, feeling just sad. And like my so my great grandma died, and she was a hundred and three. So you know, it wasn't like a huge shocker. It wasn't, but um, I know that she was sad that we couldn't see her, and like I know that affected her. And I don't, you know. Um, she wasn't like super sick or anything. So I think that that had something to do with it. Like she was just her grandchildren, her great grandkids. We couldn't really see her and, you know, people couldn't go to the hospital when she ended up going to the hospital. People couldn't go to the hospital. It's just, it's affecting people young and old. I mean, I think it was on the news a couple of days ago. They were saying like in Met County, um, I think I don't remember the exact percentage, so I don't want to misquote it, but it was a, a way higher percentage than it needed to be of kids failing more than one class. Mm. Like there's kids who are failing more than one class. Kids who are normally like pretty decent students are failing more than one class because of these not being able to go to school and because of these like crazy restrictions. Can we talk real quick about how in North Carolina they're still they're making our students take end of course and end of grade testing in the school after the like be, like this year like they still really to, yes they still have to do like their end of course and grade testing it's still counting as a percentage of their grade and what at the end of the day most people cannot learn through virtually at yeah. the end of the day these kids like I know personally like virtual school is difficult like I am not I need to see a teacher I need to go in I need to feel a book like I'm just not the type of person and I know that if I'm struggling these kids are I mean I can't even I cannot imagine having like a a 10 year old and like trying to show them math my friend was trying to explain to me like how her kid does math now and I'm like what my kid will just I don't, I'd have to hire a tutor. I'm going to have to hire someone to come in and sit in on the class with my kid. You might as well bring your, have your kid go to um private school at that point. Like, it, it's crazy. Here's my question. Should we just, I mean, this is something I, like, I've been wondering this whole year. Like, these students have essentially done virtual learning for one whole year. Do you yeah. think it would be the right move to essentially just hold all these kids back a year? Okay, I thought of that. I have thought of that because the reality is most of them are like far behind anyway. None of them are learning. Yeah, I thought I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I would you... hate that, but do you, I mean, it would to me it would make more sense because, like, yeah, I mean, you're also having like college students saying like, okay, I'm not gonna go for a year. I'm just gonna wait for this COVID thing to be done. It seems like most people are putting a pause to this year. Do you think our K through 12 students should receive a pause essentially and then just start back over once the vaccine's in and we can go back to school? Because too, and this is something like Yeah, I maybe about. they should. This is something I thought about as well. So the NCAA is essentially letting all these college students, so like if you miss your spring season last year they'll grant you like an extra year but now there's not going to be scholarships for the students because like 
essentially supposed to roll over every four years. And so that would kind of eliminate that to where, like, those students um, will essentially, like, instead of, like, the scholarship, like, like you're going to have, like, it, it just, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, no, um, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but it just, it kind of helps, like, it pushes everyone back a year. And so, it keeps everything yeah. on, like, a pause. I think for the sports, it's a really good idea, um, especially because I feel bad for people who, this was their senior year, and they were supposed to be scouted and all this stuff, and they just can't do their sports. Like, I feel bad. I feel bad for the kids in sports. These oh, professional yeah. athletes, and eh, they got money, so I feel like They're still getting paid. Yeah, there's it's these kids that or like that are doing it for fun or that want to use the money to pay for college. So for sports, for sure. Yeah. So half of me is like, okay, so one half of me is like, yeah, I think we should hold them back. The other half is maybe not hold them back because everybody's in the same boat. So maybe just, it's well, no. Because they're just pausing school. Yeah, like, maybe they should. Yeah, it's, yeah. Essentially, it's like, I mean, it's the same thing for everyone. Now, it, yeah. it's not like it's going to change. Like, I mean, if you, I, got, I know some high school students. And I think this is mainly focusing more on, like, your elementary school, middle school level. Right. I know high school students are thriving with this, especially, like, my fellow student-athletes thriving because they can, <laughs> like, listen to their lectures while practicing. Ah, I know, yes. like, other students are really struggling, especially, like, your kindergartners. Oh, I can't imagine trying to have my uh, five-year-old, like, sit down in front of a computer screen and say, do this. I cannot imagine. cannot imagine. Yeah. Something I've been thinking about. Um, what your opinion will be on that? Yeah, yeah. I think I don't think it would be a bad thing. I don't think people will go for it because the other problem is the reality is people with wealthier people with more money that are wealthier, their kids are not behind. Their kids yeah. have stayed up to date, so they're not going to want their kid to fall behind. They're not. They're going to be like, oh, we worked so hard to make sure my kid didn't fall behind. That's not fair. Which it isn't fair. Um. But then their kids but technically graduate early. Like, yeah. Look at it from like that perspective. Like yeah, kids, kids graduate early all the time. Like if you feel like your kid doesn't need that extra year, then they can just graduate early, go to college. Not a big deal. But maybe. Then, but then it's kind of like they're missing out, like on like football games and prom. yeah, like you're missing out on a lot. So I don't see, like, I think it'd be beneficial. Like, they're still getting to be a kid. Because, like, think about it. This year's seniors, they never experienced prom. They yeah. They prom last year. Yeah. And, like, um, my dental hygienist, I was talking to her, she is a senior that plays on the volleyball team. And volleyball started back in North Carolina. And her – um. They had their senior night, their first home game, because they don't know how long the season's going to last. Oh, and, like, wow. Away. So, like, imagine being, like, a, that kid, and it's like, okay, like, this could be my last game ever. Wow, yeah, that's uh, that's one thing. Like, I'm not a sports person, um, but I have thought about the sports kids that, like, the seniors, and especially the ones in college that didn't even know it was their last game ever. Oh, that was me. Um, I didn't know, like, the last time, like, I played was the last time I played because I got injured. Oh, dang, yeah. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, oh, to God, like, it's heartbreaking. Like, like, I can't.
can't go to senior games anymore because it Aww. brings up too many feelings for me. Oh, so I didn't get my senior game. I never made yeah. it. Okay, yeah, it's just, it's a crazy, like, all of these rules, all of the, especially, like, for the kids, like, we really, uh, I, I don't know if we're handling, I actually, I, I feel like we're just not handling it right for the kids. Like, I don't think that what we're doing is going to have beneficial long-term um, positive results. And but like, what I do giving people grace because nobody knows what the heck they're doing. That's very true too. And that's, that's true. Remembering and so that's kind of it's that's just something I've been wondering. Like, do you think it'd be more beneficial for the kids? Is like, okay, we're just gonna start all over, guys. Because I know, like, um, I know a lot of people said essentially when everything shut down in the spring, like kids just weren't learning because teachers were not prepared to go online. Yeah, and I know my. They spent the first essentially this semester just trying to catch kids up from what they missed the last semester. Yeah, my friend works in a district where um she said like half the district their neighborhoods don't even aren't even wired for Wi Fi, so they had to figure out how to get these kids an ability the ability to even um like work on computers and like to do all the stuff that they needed to do like the neighborhood wasn't even wired for wi-fi oh yeah so it just i mean you're right like we do have to offer grace and like even though it really feels like what's happening is not right uh is not working is going to have like really unintended lasting effects we do have to give people grace and one thing we can say that will have a positive lasting effect is um match the card and visa they're no longer accepting Pornhub payments. Oh, another great transition. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, going from kids in school to Pornhub. <laughs> yes. Well, part of that, um, part of the reason, all right, let me pull up the article really quick. Um, so Visa and MasterCard are going to investigate the financial ties to Pornhub. They will be, di- uh, they will be investigating the links after reported videos that Pornhub depicts child abuse. So that's really good to hear. Um, I'm really excited. I'm a very big anti-porn person. Like that is like my, my number one thing is pro-life. And honestly, my second thing is just like anti-porn. Like I just, it's so awful and evil. So that's really good that um, MasterCard and Visa are no longer going to be allowing that. Um, I definitely want to do a full episode on porn and, how it is not only like a because sorry uh when we think of like um porn we think of like god like man men and like how these old ugly men sitting at home they can't get a woman but it's not i mean there's women who struggle with porn there's kids that are like nine that have seen it um it's a it's a problem that like affects everybody so i think it's great um that Pornhub, uh, that MasterCard and Visa are not going to take payments from Pornhub. Um, and really quick before you give your opinion, <laughs> a side note, someone being funny signed us up for, on our email, we got one for, it wasn't Pornhub, but it was another porn site. And ha, joke's on you because we noticed and canceled. So there you go. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's, 
it's a problem that I don't, and the other problem with it is it's so exceptional culture that I don't think people understand the how terrible it is and people don't understand that there's so many people that struggle with it so yeah. you can't um so we have to offer grace and I know sometimes I come off like I don't offer grace about it just because like I've been hurt from things from it so I'm a human being so I'm working on like you know releasing things and letting things go but I do think we have to offer grace because I mean I read um some stories like uh fight the new drug is a great great resource and there's people who were exposed to porn by trusted adults at like 10 like I, I can't be mad at that person for sure like that's not their fault porn or like playboy magazines type thing like actual porn oh wow like on a, a tv like a, a vcr yeah because so i don't know too much about this topic to be honest like and this is kind of what thing is like yes study makes it normal but it's also like to the point like we don't talk about porn addiction yeah and, like like it's normalized but yeah it's not if that makes sense yeah that is a very good point yeah because like i feel like i like people like nobody talks about porn it's not something you bring up but it's also kind of like oh okay like if like nobody wants to talk about it like if it comes up that you use it nobody talks about it yeah i feel like it's kind of like an understood that like oh yeah like I went porn with my boyfriend and like we da, 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 da. I feel like it's just kind of like an understood thing and then people don't talk about it and I like what you said the addiction specifically because I think that you can take away like the religious quote unquote the religious or the societal expectations about it and just talk about how any addiction is wrong and about how it affects your body just as an addiction so you can be a full-blown atheist like I have um a friend who he's not an atheist he'd be mad if I said he was an atheist but he's not a Christian um and he's not agnostic either but anyway um and um he like you know doesn't really care about like Jesus and God and all that stuff but um he has understood like how harmful an addiction to pornography can be just from the mere fact of like how it affects your body so I just think that it's really great um that these companies are taking a stand especially because a lot of these um a lot of those sites we don't really know if it was done by consenting adults that's what we assume Mm. when you log on and do and watch the stuff like you assume it's a consenting adult but we don't know and uh, i really like that they're taking a stand and i hope that other companies in various ways um will follow suit yeah i okay i agree i I really i don't have much opinion on this i don't really like it's just something i never like talked about thought about yeah about early oh okay well i have tons of thoughts and i can talk hours but i won't because isn't like (laughs) porn kind of like leads like part of it's like human trafficking and all that yeah yeah i'm gonna do a full entire episode or i think i'm gonna do one of the episodes in um the in next month about specifically porn um i have i'm interviewing a lady just like a preview everyone i'm interviewing her this week um she's gonna talk about sex work and she was on a very famous pro-life podcast and she actually responded to my dm on instagram so 
that was exciting. So I'm going to interview Ooh. her. So we're going to talk about sex work and maybe we'll bring up porn too while we're talking about it. Um, so really quick, our last discussion um, is really not a discussion. I'm just going to tell you guys. Um, well, first I'm going to mention this tweet. Um, and it was on the page, on our Instagram page. Everybody should follow. And I'm just going to read it really quick. It was um, a pastor. He said, I am a pro-choice pastor. And um, and I'm just going to say two cents about it. And then I'm just going to get to the other two things because we're crunching on time. We're trying to be respectful of everybody's time. We know everybody likes the short episodes. Anyway, um, so that, you know, if you know me, if you follow me on Instagram or anything like that, if you know me personally, pro-life issues are the biggest thing to me. They're my number one. They're something that is super important. And I think specifically coming from the Christian perspective, we cannot allow things like that to go unchecked. Um, I don't mean, you know, people go and burn down his house. That's ridiculous. But I do think, I love that so many people called him out on it. I love that so many people had tons of things to say. I love that people stood up. So I really think that tiny things like that, we just really need to vo- like talk about because if we allow voices like that to be the loudest, um, that are not, like, that's just not biblical. <laughs> that's just not, that's just not the truth of the Bible. Um, if we allow voices like that to continue to be loud, there are other things I'm sure that he believes that we would all be like, wait a minute, that aren't biblical. And allowing that, is going to lead so many different people astray. Um, does that mean that um, that this person isn't a Christian? I don't know anything about him other than that tweet. Um, I don't really like when people say, like, if you believe this, you're not a Christian. Unless you don't believe Jesus is the Son of God and is the only way to heaven, then I would say, if you don't believe that, then I would say you're not a Christian. But, like, if you don't believe that Adam was the first man, you're not a Christian. Eh, I wouldn't say that. If you don't believe that, um, I don't know, Moses part of the Red Sea, then you're not a Christian. Eh, I wouldn't say that either. I would say, okay, well, I, I would ask for a little bit more explanation. Um, all that to say, I don't know if he's a Christian or not. I just know that that's not a Christian statement and that he should not, you know, be standing on a pulpit pretending like he's representing God. What I do think, though, is that um, we should, I, I saw someone comment, um, this is like a very loving response and I don't necessarily know if like, I get where they're coming from. So I think, um, when we do as Christians, when we do run into people who have committed, uh, who participated in abortion, I think we should still show them love. And I think that I hate that people think that we're going to be mean and bully them. That really like that hurts me. But that's also because, um, unfortunately, the truth is sometimes offensive. So I think that, long rant short, um, I think that we really should speak out when things like that happen. And then we also just need to make sure that we are being kind and treating everyone with love and respect so people don't feel as if God hates them or feel as if... um because God loves everybody. God wants um, everyone to go to heaven. There's somewhere in the Bible that says, like, uh, God does not wish for any man to perish. Um, so, yeah, that's just, like, my two cents. Did you want to say two cents about that tweet before we well, go on to the... Because I know you were tweeting or posting some, like, Bible verses. And is is there, like, 
where in the Bible can we see that God says abortion's wrong? Um, so there is not like a specific like verse that says killing your child is wrong. What the way um this works is we find out like where God um defines a life and we find out that killing is wrong. So that's how you so God defines life in the womb at conception and then we know that murder is wrong so if you murder a child in the womb that's alive then it's wrong yeah also there um is talk about a they people i don't remember what group and i just had this conversation with somebody but um there was a group of people in um the bible that would sacrifice their children um to a god sacrifice their babies to a god and we're killing them and it was for money fame and power um unfortunately some of the similar things people do now it's just by a different name i don't necessarily think that every person who is committing um who has an abortion is just as evil money grabbing but i do think people like um the lady tells us that only way to be successful is to not have kids. Like exactly, you can be a successful mother. Yes, yes. So there's those type of instances. So really quick, um, I'll let you guys know uh, about this month's donation. This month, um, we are going to be donating to the Students for Life Pregnant on Campus Baby Item Collection. That is a long thing but i'll have it in the description and i'll have the link so they are doing a baby item collection on amazon and all you do is just click the link and you scroll down and i think there's like over 130 items you click as many items as you want to click you order it put your card number in and it'll mail it to the respective person it needs to go to all you have to do is just buy the item and then you're good i think it'll be amazing if all of us can at least do one item Everybody that listens to this episode could just do one item because I think that would, I mean, that would clear out their, um, clear out their list. And also too, if you can't, which I totally understand, it's Christmas and there's a lot of things going on. And I know a lot of uh, college students are listening as well. If you can't just share it, share it on your Facebook, on your Instagram, with your grandma, with your aunt, with your cousin, with your friends, just share, share, share. Because I think it'll be great, especially those of us that are pro-life, to put our money where our mouth is. Um, and once again, I think it's just as beneficial sharing it. I want to add that. Like, you don't have to donate if you don't want to. Like, that's or if you can't, that's not like the end of the world. But I think sharing is something costs you like zero zero dollars to do that. Um, so that's this month. So next month, really quick, I'm gonna post about it. Um, the day after you guys hear this um is our t-shirt contest okay so i'm really excited the month of january the theme is going to be about human trafficking because january is human trafficking awareness month so i have some really cool guests lined up um that i think you guys are going to absolutely love their stories you're going to learn a lot so i have these guests lined up and what i really wanted to do was um donate to a smaller organization that is helping victims. So it's this organization called True Justice International. 
And what they do is they have um, housing available for these girls. And um, sorry, I should have had this up already. Um, they So their mission is to fight human trafficking on the local and global community through Christ-centered strategic initiatives with a goal to reach, raise, and restore. So I think that's so awesome. And they're located in New Bern, um, North Carolina. So that's the other part that's really cool too. Fun fact, um, I guess not really a fun fact, but Charlotte, the city where I live in, is in the top five cities of human trafficking. So there is a lot going on here. Um, and I just, I think that um, we just really need to support organizations like this because also too, a huge problem that happens is people, um, once they're out of the life, they go back in because they don't have the resources. They don't know how to, they can't provide for themselves. They don't have housing or food or anything like that. So they, these places are housing um people who give their time and their energy to house people and help them get back on their feet like those places are so important so I really wanted to give back to it and I wanted to give back to kind of a smaller one um because a lot of times those like running a nonprofit is <laughs> really difficult so I wanted to give back to um those because uh I just I thought it was important so let me tell you guys about the t-shirt contest really quick essentially all you're going to do is submit a design you're going to submit a design to hello dot those other girls at gmail.com. And when you submit um, your t-shirt, you are your t-shirt design. You are going to submit it um, there and from whenever you hear this all the way up to January 1st. So you have about two and a half-ish weeks. Um, and... The, it must be on theme, and the theme is ending human trafficking. No offensive images, no cursing, and it must be an original design. And like I said, it must be submitted by January 1st. Um, the top three designs will be selected, um, and I will post them on January 2nd. And whatever design gets the most likes between January 2nd and January 4th, that will be the design chosen, and I'll create a bonfire and you will order t-shirts from that bonfire um, to support it. 100% of those proceeds will go to True Justice International. So I think this is going to be super fun. Um, I really hope a lot of you guys enter, because I know there's a lot of people who at least follow us on Instagram that do amazing graphic design work. Um, so I really hope you guys enter, and I really hope we're able to, the goal is to raise $200. So I'm not quite sure how many t-shirts that will equal. I'll let you guys know when I get the t-shirts up and everything. But um, the goal is to give them $200. Like we did with our, we exceeded our goal for um, the pads and tampons, which was really exciting. And we were able to give 796 um, pads and, I'm sorry, 792 pads and 296 tampons um, to the women's shelter. And they appreciated it and they were super happy that they were able to get that I got a huge variety because you know everybody's body's different so I was like let me grab this guy this guy this guy um but yeah so this was a long Mallory rant I hope you guys stay to the end and I will post more about the baby item collection and the t-shirt contest um 
And you guys, if you're on our email list, I really hope you are. You'll get even more information about that as well. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for today's episode. Uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed it and you guys will hear us again next week. Victoria, you have anything you want to add at the end? <laughs> I did a lot of like talking just now. Um, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram, at thoseothergirlspodcast, and on Twitter, at TOG underscore podcast. Those Other Girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.